Okay, you guys, let me ask you a question. Do you struggle to get your weddings featured? Are your wedding submissions constantly being rejected from your dream publications? Does the thought of creating your own submission completely overwhelm you? Well, this is exactly why I created Submission Support, to help wedding photographers and planners just like you. Inside our monthly email membership community is where you'll learn what makes a good submission, how to start thinking like an editor, how to curate your images, and how to submit your next wedding all on your own. I've helped dozens of photographers and planners get featured, and now I get to help you directly in your inbox every month. To learn more, visit submissionsupport.twgna.com and join today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the creator of Submission Support, our monthly membership to help you curate and submit your next wedding. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. On today's episode of Tea with Janae, I'm so excited to be chatting with Molly McCauley all about developing a discerning eye and how curation can completely change your brand impact. Molly shares her knowledge and personal experience and how by completely and intentionally changing her brand, she has transformed her business. A little bit about Molly before we get started is that she has over 15 years of experience inside the wedding industry and art world. With an MFA in fine art photography, Molly has always had her sights set on education. She created Make Pretty Workshops for hands-on photo education and mentorship for the fashion-forward, design-driven photographers who want to refresh their brand's aesthetic and gain the experience needed to grow their business. And I'm so excited that she's here today. So let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Molly, can you say hi to everybody? Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Doing well, bright and early, you know, sun is shining. It's always a good day on the East Coast. Yes. Yeah, I know. Spring has finally sprung. (laughs) For sure. We've been waiting for it. I know. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. I'm very um, passionate about this topic and I can't wait to sort of pick your brain all about it. We're going to be talking about um, how to develop a discerning eye, how to curate um, your brand and change your impact. And these are all... Things that I feel like people don't really talk about too much. So I'm excited that you're here. Yeah, thanks. I agree. I mean, I think it part of it is probably just like my history of being in 
like a fine art master's program art school they just like beat this stuff into you so it's second nature for me but it's so important really in refining a portfolio looking to grow your business all of that you know these are key elements so i'm excited to talk about it yeah definitely so before we dive in let's introduce you to everyone who's listening can you tell everybody a little bit about you your company and how you got started Sure. I'm Molly McCauley. So I'm the owner, founder, lead photographer at Molly McCauley Photography, um, formerly known as Molly & Co. If you might know me from that the last decade. That's what that's what I was known as. Um, I'm also the owner and facilitator for, of Make Pretty Workshop, uh, which is a fine art editorial wedding workshop. Um, but originally from the Midwest, I'm a Wisconsin girl. Um, very lucky to have grown up in a creative family. My mom was an art teacher, director, um, and she is a goldsmith uh, and just creative in every way possible. My sister is an interior designer and decorator. Um, so just really lucky to have been surrounded by creative people uh, from, from the jump. Um, but yeah, I went to University of Minnesota for my undergraduate degree in photography, design, and retail merchandising. I've always had an interest in fashion, so I thought that that was the route I was going to go, um, but spent almost five years exclusively shooting black and white film, developing all my own work, uh, printing all my own work, and then ultimately moved to London, worked for a fashion house which was incredible, very life-changing experience. And then when I came back to the States, lived in LA, also working in fashion, realized real quick that that wasn't the industry I necessarily wanted to be in, but um, photography was my passion. So went back to get my master's in fine art photography at Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara. And while I was there, my friends started getting married and they kind of realized, hey, you're a photographer. And at the time I had a part-time job as a wedding planner. Um, I was the first assistant for a wedding planner based in Los Angeles for a number of years. So they just kind of put two to two together and that's how I started shooting weddings. Um, and I will really just say it kind of chose me. It snowballed from there while I was getting my degree, my business just formed. And that was 14 years ago, coming up on 15 years ago. So here we are. It wasn't, it wasn't, I guess, the most traditional path, but very fun and adventurous and uh, incorporates all of the elements that I love so much, photography, design, art, fashion. So I'm so fortunate that I was able to mold this career into all the things that I love. Oh, I love that. That's such a interesting way you got started, but you've always been a photographer. I love that. My, uh, my family's pretty like arty too. <laughs> I feel like my my dad's a photographer and that's how I got started and he gave me my first camera, but my mom would draw. And I think it's just sort of like creativity is like in the family. You know, it just kind of happens that way, which is so nice. I love and your mom is a goldsmith. That's so cool. Yeah. So she made all of um my like she made my she does custom jewelry, but she made my parents' wedding rings. She made mine and my husband's wedding rings, my sister and my brother-in-law's wedding rings. So it's really, it's a nice little fun talent to have. Or like when you are like, hey, mom, lost a diamond in this earring. Can you fix that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's convenient. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just like you said with your family, just so nice to be around people who 
weren't so logistically focused or focused on things that, you know, might be pushed as traditional careers. Like I was very encouraged to be creative. So um, it was just so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I was um, also encouraged to pursue art. And I went to school for graphic design and then came back to photography. But with my daughter, she is a true artist and creator. And I can't wait to see what she does in her life because it's definitely not going to be behind a desk. (laughs) Yeah, that's the truth, though, right? It's like, I I think I just realized very early on in some of like my side gigs, like my part time jobs, I was like, I'm never I was never meant to be um, behind a desk. I also have an issue with authority. Like, I don't really (laughs) love um, it's just a weird dynamic for me. Like, I'm, I'm a very type A person where like, I like to take control of situations. Like I like to, if somebody's not stepping up, I'm going to be the one that steps in. Um, So for me, it was always just an issue to work for other people. Um, So yeah, just building my own business was, was the ticket. I love that. I love that. So let's start, let's dive in. Let's talk about, you know, developing a discerning eye. Like what does that even mean? I know it's like all these fancy words, right? But it's like, I have to figure out a way that like makes it click for other people. Honestly, there's so many ways to look at this, but it's really about training your eye, your brain, and just um, looking at your work a little bit more from, from the viewer and less connected to it emotionally. So a lot of times when I'm working, even like with my mentee clients, when we talk about curation or anything like that, they're too close to it. And a lot of times that's what we are as wedding photographers. We're too close to it because we remember the emotion that's behind the image. However, the stranger who's looking to hire you might not you know, land on your website and understand the meaning that's behind it. So really just developing a discerning eye means looking at your work a little bit more objectively and seeing what tells the story uh, in the best way possible. What's an interesting image, like looking at composition, looking at um, the elements that make it interesting. Is it fashion? Is it the design? Is it the depth of field you're using? So really just how are you telling the story and then effectively curating that um through this this refined uh you know point of view yeah yeah so so now we know what that is <laughs> i know that was the long-winded version no it was, that was easy to understand no okay. it was perfect yeah so now we know what you know discerning eye is you know how can one somebody who's listening or someone who's interested in understanding more how can you start to develop this sort of skill you know how how can you help your eye um, understand these sort of concepts, um, and then ultimately help your own business. Right. And I have to, I have to remind myself that not everybody who is a photographer and or a wedding photographer was, um, you know, classically trained or even technically trained or, or, you know, have a degree in it. It's such a self-taught, um, craft that people can master. And that's amazing. But I think the benefit of having been, uh, having multiple degrees within this this craft and this medium is, you know, I had to study study art history. I had to kind of like go through all of these different um, teachings of why things are the way that they are, rule of thirds, all of that kind of stuff that really just helps you 
look at composition differently. So I think where someone would start is if you haven't been classically trained, dig into photography, art history, you really just have to start looking at stuff more. So if you're only looking at your own work, my my suggestion would be not just to look at your competitors or go and scroll on Instagram. It's like go and look at like photography masters, look at um, portrait masters, people who are shooting fashion. It shows you can just see different ways of how people are framing the body, like the S curve of a woman's body if you have her stand a certain way. So really just like learning different techniques that make a photo interesting just from the science of our eye and how we perceive things, I think would be a first step. That's kind of daunting. Like I'm not a great student. So me like digging into like art history is hard. So if that isn't exciting for you, honestly, just looking at your work and figuring out what you like best about um, the the image, your favorite images. What are you liking best about it? What is the composition? What are, are you using rule of thirds? Are you using a certain depth of field? Like are, if you go over 4.0, do you hate your images? You know, that kind of stuff. So really thinking about what is the common denominator that makes you love your work? Or even if you're trying to refine your work, what is the look or the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve and figure out how you can infuse that, practice that on your own work so that when you're looking at it on your screen and editing down and post-production calling through, that those are the things that you notice so you know what to look for. Yeah. Again, a very long-winded way of saying like you just have to look at more work that is not your own and that has... Um, you know, been been studied. Like even if you look at like the Mona Lisa or any classic like portraits, there are certain things that stand true um, in in modern portraiture. So learning those techniques and then being able to identify it. Like I don't know if you're familiar with a Rembrandt portrait. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there's a Rembrandt triangle that was famous and iconic for those portraits. And what that means is on one of the sides of the subject's face. There is an upside down triangle underneath the eyeball down going down into the cheek. And what that when that happens for me on a wedding day, I geek out. Like I get really <laughs> excited that I'm like, oh my God, I just did a Rembrandt. Like that is just one of those things where it's like the history infused in real day is very exciting for me. And like, honestly, thank God that that education is being, you know, noticed uh, and put to use. But at the same time, it's like when you, when you can actually see those techniques and elements in modern day portraiture, you can see the influence, you can see why it works. Yeah. So really just looking at art getting getting outside of weddings looking at art and finding out what you love so that you can easily identify it in your work when you are calling yeah yeah rembrandt lighting yeah i remember learning all about that in art history and photography yeah and just like how the shadows speak to each other and how they create this sort of feeling and emotion and you know, I think it's, I agree, like you have to figure out what you like and then figure out what you don't like, right? And then just try to. Yes, that's equally, that if not, exactly. That's equally, if not more important is finding out what you don't like. And I'm not one to advocate for like, go and copy someone else's technique. But if you need to get influence from like past photography masters, or you really just like certain techniques, and that really does personally resonate with you, 
figuring out how to infuse that into your own work and taking less of the stuff that you know doesn't excite you is is really important in building out a portfolio that's really true to who you are as an artist. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree. Whenever I have an opportunity presented to me and it doesn't feel on brand for me or it does it feels too far away from like how I know I can do my best work. I'm like this is not this is not for mm-hmm. me just because I know I just know my style. You know what I yeah. mean? And I just know that like this this certain place or this sort of look is like not is not going to be the best coming for me like somebody else who is really good at like maybe let's say like ballrooms or you know um I like love my flash and stuff like that but you know what I mean like if you like once you find your style and you know where you excel and like where you thrive and like what brings you the most joy it's like I I you know go all in on that Like exactly. That. Like I love direct flash, but I don't like off-camera flash. So I don't do it. And right. when I have second shooters come on or third shooters and they're like, oh, do you want off-camera flash? And I was like, no, like it's not my aesthetic and it's not what I incorporate into my brand. So I don't want to, I don't want to create something that doesn't make sense and doesn't fit. And I think a lot of times too, even when we're having consultations with wedding clients, I'm sure you do this too. Like it's really important that they're a good fit for us. Just like they're, you know, just like they're choosing us, we need to choose them. And by that, it, I mean, like, if they're sending you a Pinterest board, or they're sending you inspiration of like, we really love this, and it doesn't resonate with you, or you haven't created work like that. It is up to us to say, hey, this isn't my style. And if you hire me, you're going to get something more along these lines. But if you really want this, you need to go elsewhere. Yeah. And I know in the beginning, that's so hard to turn down work. But at, at the same time, you're doing yourself a disservice by either creating work that you're not excited about, if you fall into the, you know, people pleasing and doing what they want, or then you have an unhappy client who isn't thrilled with what you produced, even though that's what, what you produce and they've seen it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a double-edged sword there. Totally. Yeah. I once had a wedding client, but um who ended up hiring me and they, but they, they sent me some like reception photos that were like direct flash with a snoot and like, you know, just really like not me at all. Mm-hmm. And I wrote them back and I was like, look, this is not my style. Here's the gallery again. Just, this is what I will do. If this is what you want, I'm happy to give you recommendations. And they were like, no, no, we want you. And they were ended up being very happy, but it's like, you need to, I think, you know, understand your brand, right? With your discerning eye to know that what you can produce and what you, what you don't want to produce. <laughs> so exactly, I- exactly. And half the time it's just educating, like they don't know what they want. They don't yeah. know why they like it. So mm-hmm. like, that's why when you are creating this amazing portfolio of stuff that really does resonate with you, you can communicate that much better to the client than having a lot of different techniques and 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 styles of photography within a portfolio. That's why curation and like you said, you know, really understanding your your point of view as an artist is so important because it becomes so easy for the client to know what they're going to get. It's predictable. That adds a level of trust immediately when they can see the consistency of what you produce. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how can curation can you know, change your brand impact? I think this is such an interesting point you know what what are the effects of curating your images right so um i'm not just coming out of left field here i have you know aside from the master's degree i used to work for 
Um, Leica, which everyone knows Leica cameras, probably one of the top tier brands um, within within the camera industry. But we opened their gallery in uh, Los Angeles and I worked there for two years. We curated a number of shows. So the impact on curation, I think the best way to describe it is when you you walk into a museum or you walk into a gallery, you're not seeing everyone's life life's work, right? You're seeing a hand you know, picked select few images that tell a story. And depending on what the goal of the story is, so for example, Leica attracts a lot of celebrity photographers, a lot of celebrity hobbyists or connoisseurs of cameras. So we featured a lot of that type of work. So if we're looking at like a rock and roll type show, we're not looking for, you know, uh, the artist's travel work. We're looking for the really kind of intimate moments that might be backstage or in the hotel room or on the tour bus or whatever it is. We're curating specifically for that. And they might have amazing work, but you're really curating to tell tell a story. Mm-hmm. And I think the, how this actually changes your business, I'm living proof. I, I went into the pandemic in 2020 with a completely different vision, I was already in the midst of a real stagnant part of my <laughs> career. I, I had been producing the same weddings. It was rinse and re- rinse and repeat. Um, in Southern California, there's a very specific aesthetic, and for a while, it, w- it that's all that it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was getting real bored. I was getting real, real bored, and that was at the end of. Uh, 2019. And I just knew that I needed to change this up or I was not going to be able to continue because I was not inspired. And honestly, that's a disservice to my client. Mm -hmm. I want to be excited to be there and I want to be excited um, for them and be able to capture all the details like with love also. And for me, I went into a extreme, (laughs) an extreme overhaul, like brand overhaul, where I produced three editorials that really just um, aligned with where I wanted to go. It wasn't what I was currently being hired for. Um, it was where I wanted to go. Mind you, I'd already been a decade into shooting. So I wasn't brand new. I wasn't trying to re like, I wasn't trying to create a business on this styled work, but I was really trying to shift my focus into more high fashion content, working with more design driven clients and higher end planners that really were focused on experiential events for guests, really just noticing those details and putting that stuff together. So I put together these three editorials and I did a complete like rebrand launch, um, it was it was la- launching in the beginning of April and we were two weeks into the pandemic and I just kind of said, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway because I don't know how long or how short this is actually going to be. Right. So I moved forward um, and within three weeks, I booked my three highest paying clients ever to date uh, with dream planners that I had wanted to be working with. And I remember even on that first inquiry, I reached out to the planner and I was like, Hey, can we get on a phone call really quick? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. And when we had our chat, I said, listen, I know that you know me from the industry, from California, and that this is what I've produced in the past. I just want you to be aware that I did this rebrand. This is my new site. I launched it two weeks ago. This is a vision. This is what I'm excited about shooting. And she kind of just stopped me in my tracks 
texts that said, no, this is that this is exactly why I'm coming to you is I have a New York client who's getting married in California. They still want the edge. They still want that, um, you know, uh, the film aesthetic, the the fashion forward, she used the word avant-garde, even though the wedding really wasn't that avant-garde in terms of uh, design. But like, it just, it was so nice that it landed, that like the rebrand and everything, it landed and that people saw the vision and that it was, it was um, very indicative of the direction I wanted to go. So that rebrand and that very particular and specific curation of my portfolio was the entire reason that my brand had a shift and shoots uh, the weddings that I do now. Not only that, I was able to really just step into my own personal style with with the work, what I like to shoot, but also I love really dark, deep blacks. Like I'm not a light and airy photographer and I'm not a dark and moody. Where are those two, why there are only two tiers that people can fall into, I don't know. But like for me, I'm in the middle. I like, I like my work to look like what the day looked like. And I think that lends a lot to my like history and tradition of being darkroom film, you know, educated and like just being solely in that you have to get it right in camera. We can't rely on this, you know, back end of editing. So for me, it was just so important to really just step into who I was and as an artist. And I'm so glad you'll you find out the sooner you do that it it resonates with your dream dream clients with the people who want also want that who also value the things that you do so that curation not only allowed me to book my ideal clients it also allowed me to step into more confident um sales position i i increased my prices uh quite significantly and i could do that because i knew that i'd be able to reproduce this work i also knew that this was the most me i had ever been so i was so confident when i was presenting myself so curation can really change your business it it for sure changed mine yeah my gosh that's so inspiring i feel like curation equals confidence could be like your like a tagline right oh my gosh <laughs> thank you i'll give you i'll give you credit for that yes, don't worry sure. yeah, like a <laughs> trademark <laughs> trademark tea with Janae. yeah uh, exactly <laughs> no that's awesome i feel like that's so powerful i mean even just listening to it now and then for our audience like you know, taking the time to go through your portfolio, to go through your body work and be like, what do I like? What do I not like? What makes my heart happy? And then you specifically, mm -hmm. I'm sure you made investments, you know, financial investments during, <laughs> uh, of, you know, the, you didn't know it was a pandemic, yes. but the pandemic happened. Like you made this whole leap of faith because you believed in yourself and it mm -hmm. has paid off. You know, like you, I feel like that's yeah. so inspiring to hear like people, you know, going yeah. out comfort zone where you know you could make money, right? You could be that typical LA photographer. Um, mm -hmm. but you decided to follow your own path and 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 develop your own brand because you wanted to be true to yourself. Like I, I'm just so right. it's just so amazing. I love that model. Yeah, no, and it's and it's so funny because I always like it it comes across as a very inspiring story, but like you said, it 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 was gritty in it. Like it I was doing all of this and I launched 
everything was ready and everything, all the investments had already happened. So imagine putting out thousands and thousands thousands of dollars and then all of a sudden having pandemic when you're launching, that was a major fear thing. And I could have very easily fell into a pattern of been like, okay, I'm going to wait to launch this until we're a bit more stable. But there was just so much work that had gone to into it that it felt inauthentic to not just be me and not put out the work that I wanted to. And it's funny because I always talk to people when I'm helping them with their curation and kind of like helping them figure out what their, I like to use the word aesthetic point of view, what their aesthetic point of view is of their business, of their brand. This also, you know, incorporates the discerning eye, all of that, like how they're developing all of that as a brand image. And I I think it's important to acknowledge that the sooner you can put yourself into it, the sooner you can reap the benefits of it because, you know, you're attracting like-minded people. And it's just, like I said, I don't, I hate the word sell, but it's so much easier to sell when you feel comfortable in, in where you are sitting with the work you're producing. And I'm not an advocate of like going to a styled shoot and doubling your prices, even though, even though that's somewhat what I did, I've also had years of experience and I, and I do have the, um, I do have the client experience to back it. Like we we can't just like go to a workshop or produce an editorial and like think that that's automatically going to change everything. It really comes down to this this very specific refinement of your brand and how you are showcasing that added value if you are raising your prices. How are you showcasing the level that you, you know, the up-leveling that you did? Um, yes, that's huge investments. And when I talk about these editorials, they were not low-key editorials. They were every element of a wedding day. It's luxury flat lays, multiple tables, multiple models, all these different fashion looks high-end venues. Like when I do my one-on-one branded workshops for people, they're always at the the first question is, is how much is it? And it's like, well, it's designed to, to go as far as you want to go. Like I knew for me in order to do this major shift, I had to completely overhaul my portfolio. So for me, it was three very large and invested, um, editorials, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, for, for, uh, a base, that even for a basic like fashion forward in New York editorial where you're just doing locations and fashion, you know, you're still incorporating beauty, you're still incorporating all these things, you know, that's easily a 5k ticket. Whereas, you know, these independent editorials, you know, you're looking at, you know, eight, nine, 10k. And that's a big investment. But it just it just depends on a do you want the exclusivity also? But B, like, are you ready to make that shift? And I was just in a place of being so ready that if I didn't do it yesterday, I was done. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's a good point because I love style shoots are a double-edged sword, right? I think like Mm -hmm. style shoots are good to network and meet people and to, um, you know, up-level your portfolio. But I don't think if you go to a style shoot, you should double your prices just because you have pretty pictures because that no one does not equal the other. Um, You know, having the experience, like you said, to the 10 years behind you, you know, is I think a really key 
point here mm-hmm. to remember is like you were not a newbie. <laughs> right. Exactly. You weren't like, how do I use my flash again? Right. So you were like, I'm proficient in my craft. I'm having a calling to up level myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invest thirty thousand dollars and now I'm going to ch- raise my rates. Like yeah. You know, yeah. It, and I was like, if specific. people, I'm so transparent, like I, I, in, in terms of what those shoots cost me, that was, that, that's just the shoot. Like that's not to mention the entire web, you know, overhaul, oh, yeah, all the sure. SEO, yeah. all the, all the things that go into it. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. And, you know, the reason I think I had the confidence to move forward was because I had, you know, at least a decade you know, uh, behind me in wedding photography, but I also just know that like, it's been, it's been me since birth. Like I've just been, this is the role. I've always been a creative. Like I I know that I can stand in that in a really powerful, powerful way, but I also like have the training. I have my master's in fine art photography. I've worked in galleries, like uh, the culmination of all of those things made it possible for me to double my prices um, yeah. after that, you I know, so that. like that, I'm glad you brought that up again, because I do think it's important. And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, very loosely say, oh, you should be charging more. Okay, yes. But what does that involve? Like, what does that involve? Like, how are you? How are you creating a better experience? Or how are you? Um, really, you know, adding the value to warrant the higher price point. So mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to tell people, oh, raise your prices or double your prices or you're worth this. But it's like there there does have to be there. There's got to be some backing. Um, otherwise, you're going to run into issues on the other side of not being not living up to the cost yeah. um, and your clients, you know, that can get that can get real hairy on the back end. Totally. So um, no, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that again, because it it, it is tricky. Edi- editorial styled shoots. It is very tricky. And honestly, I'm an advocate for them because I do think it is a great way for people to learn and experiment. I always say that that's the place that you're going to play to figure out what you want to do on a wedding day, because you shouldn't be experimenting on a, on a wedding day. No, you should not be experimenting. Especially if someone's paying you top dollar and this is their most important day, that's not when you're testing out the new camera. So when you're going to a styled shoot or you're an editorial or a workshop or anything like that, that's where you get the freedom and the creative um, bandwidth to play and like help develop further develop that you know curated feel further develop your your point of view as an artist totally so side side tangent for one second so leica i want yeah like, probably have a whole bunch of those cameras <laughs> i you want to know what i only have one because oh that's, that's even, awesome <laughs> even even working there my discount wasn't that great and uh, i was i was at the start of my career and i did not have the funds to and i wish i had more money to invest in gear while i was there because yes any discount is better than none but um yeah it's it, it was a missed opportunity for sure wrong timing in my life <laughs> <laughs> and then it also reminds me like uh you said the celebrity photographers i know mm-hmm. like john mayer and brad pitt like love their likeness mm-hmm. oh my just- gosh yeah. Do I need to tell you about the time I held hands with Brad Pitt? Oh like, do we God. do we go there? Um, yeah, that <laughs> was that was it was yeah. I met a lot of really amazing and interesting people. Some really fascinating shows that came through the gallery. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, Seal, uh, so many. But also, what was so great is that 
we had this um, duality of celebrity plus masters. So we had uh, a show of Mary Ellen Mark actually right before she passed. Um, it was just a really inspiring place to be to see all of this work and like it just attracts a certain type of of um artist and aesthetic so you get some really interesting content we had an entire show from astrid Kierher um that was really just some of the last images um of the beatles together uh and just like it really amazing work so um it was a really fun place to be I love that. Okay. Side ta- tangent over. <laughs> All good. I love a tangent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, I want to know for the people who are listening, um, you know, what kind of recommend- recommendations, you know, do you think, you know, they should start doing when it comes to curation? Like what would be a good place for them to start besides, you know, looking at artists, looking at art techniques and lighting, like what, mm-hmm. what would be like your maybe beginner's guide to like developing your discerning eye yeah i think i think looking at art is the freeway right that's going to be the free option of really being able to like look at so much is available to you online museums any of that kind of stuff that's going to be the free (laughs) the free option um i think if you are really stuck and i i know a a lot of people who struggle with being able to narrow down images or call your work. I think the fastest and most efficient way is to hire that out. It, not the culling, um, but to hire out help with curation. And I know so many people offer this service. Like I think we both do. And it's it's one of those things that once you hear someone else talk about your work, sometimes it's like a portfolio review. Sometimes it's like painful to sit through, but there's so much that can be learned. And I think when I've gone through galleries, like full galleries with my um, mentees, like it's been one of the most impactful things for them because now they not only see how to tell a story in the least amount of images, that's really the goal, right? Is how can we tell a story in the least amount of images that's, you know, that comes into play when you're trying to pitch for publication, anything. Um, but then also you get to see from an outsider and hear from an outsider what resonates, what lands, why certain things are interesting that maybe you might not have thought. Um, so it allows you just to really look at your work differently. And I think that is a somewhat attainable price point for a lot of people who offer that um, in terms of just getting uh, an outsider's point of view and perspective. Um, when I do that, I always record myself. If it's not on a one-to-one call, I record myself um, when I'm going through the gallery and I'm literally just talking verbal vomit of like what, what I like, what I like, why I don't, why I'm choosing this one over this one. So it's really an education, but also then that helps them see their work in a different way, which ultimately... <laughs> you know, helps create the discerning eye. And like, the more you do it, the more it becomes a practice for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think it's smart. I I don't do it for websites. I do it for submissions and stuff. I've had a lot of requests for websites. But I love that you offer it. And I know a couple other um, guests we've had on, they do it too. And yeah, yeah, I I think think it's such a smart thing too. Like, like you have such a great eye for that. And like, honestly, because you do submissions, like, 
doing websites would be so easy for you. But like, it's one of those, it, it is just a different thing. Your, your vantage point of submissions is really just like, how can we communicate the oomph of this event in, in a very small amount of images, you know? Um, and I think that that holds true though. I, I like that same methodology for a website gallery. I don't, I don't think most people have the attention span to scroll through a hundred images. No. So it's the, it's the same approach of like, how can we do this? And having someone like you or like myself or any of the other amazing people, you know, that we've been linked in with that also offer this, just getting the insight, I think is invaluable for, for people, especially if they struggle with understanding what's hitting for clients or, or what's, you know, what people are looking for, the key elements that should be included in the gallery, or even just another point of view that is not attached to the work. Yeah, it reminds, you it, it said something that reminds me, I went to SVA, and I have a BFA in graphic design. And mm-hmm. one of the first lessons we learned um, in graphic design, which also translates to my photography work, they kind of are marry each other in a strange way. But mm-hmm. um is trying to tell the story in the least amount of information as possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how, like if you, if you study graphic design, you'll see some posters. It's like, it has three things on it, but they're the most important three things. And right. it's like, that's the, the heart of graphic design. It's like, you want it to be, you know, you just want to tell the story in such a way or this information on a poster in a magazine. And like, it actually like translates for me, I realized in the beginning of my career, like, oh, actually, graphic design, it plays out in all of this. Huge, um, hugely. Yeah. And I think, too, what you mentioned is that even plays into graphic design. I think you can look at graphic design very easily and see how that translates into fine art. Because something that I think a lot of people are missing when they're calling themselves fine art photography or fine art photographers is that they don't understand the concept of negative space and white space and what that can do for the other work you're producing. So I think graphic design hugely is a major asset to your, to your, you know, not only just your business, but to artists and photographers in general. It's so fun. I'm like, Oh, at least it came in handy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, thank goodness. Right. Like, Ooh, art school's no joke. Totally. Yeah. No, I never, well, besides owning my own business, um, I've never worked so hard in my whole life than attending art school. <laughs> I was like, there I have was- to tell you, yeah. it was, I always say it was the best, worst thing I ever did. Totally. <laughs> I would never do it again. No way. Oh, I don't think I slept. I definitely didn't party. I worked no, at the lab. None of it. It was not, time. it was not glamorous. And yeah. we had 13 people. I was in an MFA program, so it was very small. We had 13 people in our group for two and a half years. And I, I was the black sheep. When I say I, I'm used <laughs> to being the black sheep, but when I say that my work was the black sheep, when I was in a program where they really valued um this very dark and tortured work and my body of work was I was a I was a dancer for 15 years and my body of work was how that was a refuge for me in you know being bullied as a you know kid and like all that kind of stuff it was just such a such a escape and a sanctuary for me so it was this very light ethereal work and when you look at our program it's like dark 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 light and it's like oh my gosh (laughs) I I literally was the black sheep and I I fought really hard to make it through that that's awesome makes you better 
better artist in the end. Very perseverant. (laughs) That's awesome. So as we wrap up, I always like to end each show with some tangible tips. I know we have so many good ones in here. This is such a great show already. But like just as like maybe three bullet points, you know, what would be the way that you can like immediately you know, change your brand or start curating. Like what what, people listening right now (laughs) end the show and they're like, I'm going to go look at my portfolio and do one, two, three. (laughs) Okay. So the first one is identify the work within your own portfolio that you love and you want to create more, create more of. If you don't have a lot of that, start to look at outside sources from either photography masters or within the wedding industry techniques, styles of photography that you like so that you know what you're going to try to create. So that's the first one. Identify what your style or desired style is. The second one is start look like revisiting your galleries and refining. Um, like if you have, if you have, let's say a gallery of 800 images, can you get it down to a hundred? I, I always give like my mentees this task of like, we need to we need to curate we need to curate we need to curate and there's never just one pass it's always we're going through it multiple times Mm -hmm. so if you can start to look at your work a little bit more objectively and go through and maybe pick out all of the images now that fit fit into that aesthetic that you're trying to achieve and then the third one hot tip get help (laughs) just get help it will save you it will save you time um, if you, especially if you are unsure or you don't feel confident in your ability to really narrow down or refine the work based on being too close to it, just get the help from somebody who you either admire as an artist or that you know can just help move the needle. Um, so if that, whether that means you're asking a friend or you're paying somebody, it doesn't matter. Just get help, get outside eyes on your work. Yeah. I love that. Those are perfect. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to go look at my stuff after we talk. <laughs> I'm like, I do it all the time. I me call too. It, I feel like me pruning. too. Yeah, I call it pruning. Yeah, I, no, that's such a such a great way to think of it. Yeah, it's like a bonsai tree. I just prune it every so often. <laughs> like I did it last week. I went through my website and I was like, yeah, I don't like this anymore. This is, not the, this is not the person I want to be anymore. And like, I do it all the time. <laughs> Exactly. This is the difference between you and I. You say pruning, which is a very nice, like (laughs) almost kind of delicate, refined process way of doing it. I call it trimming the fat. (laughs) Hey, they both mean the same thing. I like it. They they mean this they mean the same thing, but there there in itself gives you the very clear distinction between our personality. I love it. The the yin and the yang. That's why we're having a great time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, Molly, this has been so much fun. I loved having you on um, and can't wait till you come back. So let's tell everybody a little uh, where they can find about, sorry, I messed that up. Let's tell everybody where we can find out more about you, your services. Uh, you have a workshop you mentioned and where they can say hello online. Absolutely. Yeah. My photography work is at mollymacaulay.com. So you can see all of my wedding work there. Um, and 
then my editorial workshops are makeprettyworkshop.com. And that's also Make Pretty Workshop on Instagram. So you can see us there. I have a lot of freebies too that are on the website there. If you guys need mood boards when you are, you know, kind of developing or wanting to piecemeal this new vision together, um, all of that good stuff you can download there. I also have a course that really dives into these concepts a bit more deep, like deeply like in curation, developing an aesthetic point of view. If you're looking to start creating work that you want to um, produce more of, uh, it's a essentially a wedding uh, editorial course, uh, which I'm happy to give your listeners a fun little discount. Um, I'll give you a code for that. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of places that you can you can find me feel free to reach out uh, DMs, email anything I, I, I love to meet new people and just connect with y'all. Oh my goodness. That's so nice of you. Thank you for the discount. We'll put, uh, we'll put yeah, the of course. show notes. Um, that's so sweet and such a surprise. Oh my goodness. So let's, um, everything will be in the show notes. If you guys want to swipe on up right now, you can click on the links. You can let Molly, l- let her know that you listened to today's show. Uh, the coupon code will be in there and it'll also be on the blog too. So thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. And yeah, I really oh, hope you come you. back. I, we could just talk for hours. I would love to. Yeah. I know. I said, even before we started, I was like, I'll talk as long as you'll have me. So I'm happy to come back any time. Perfect. Yeah. Well, we can't wait and have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. that's it you guys i hope you liked today's episode i want to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to molly for being our wonderful guest today if you guys want to find out more about molly make pretty workshops and just say hi to her click on the show notes and click on the links that are there thank you so much for listening and i can't wait to share our next cup of tea together bye you guys